I invite you, if you would, take your Bibles and open to the book of Romans. We'll be in Romans chapter 13 today, beginning in verse 8. If you're using the Pew Bible, you're on page 804. That's the NIV, and I'll be reading from the ESV this morning, English Standard Version. Paul writes these words, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you should not commit adultery, you should not murder, you should not steal, you should not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How many of you have ever walked in your sleep? Anybody ever done that? If you haven't, how many of you have seen other people walk in their sleep? For me, that that just seems like one of the creepiest things that could ever happen. I've never walked in my sleep. I've never seen anyone else walk in their sleep. But it seems like this kind of weird state that's somewhere between being asleep and being awake, being alive and being dead. all the, I think of zombies as I think about people walking in their sleep. And here's the thing about walking in your sleep. It's actually quite dangerous to walk in your sleep. And it's dangerous to more than just one party. It's, it's obviously dangerous to yourself. Um, I'm in a fairly new home for our family. And I was thinking about this, that, that if I were to get up and just take off walking through the house in a way that's way more dangerous than my previous home. It's, a, it's one of those split-level houses, you know? So I would get to the end of the hallway and probably, likely, right, take a tumble. Or perhaps I make it outside, you know, and I walk down the middle of the street or drive the car. It, it could be quite a dangerous thing. Perhaps I would eat something. I've read about that. People eat things and then they are not good for them. So it could be dangerous for the person who's sleepwalking, but it could also be dangerous for other people that they encounter. They say that you got to be kind of careful when you wake somebody up from sleepwalking, you know, because they're not in their right mind. They might pop you in the nose or something, right? And so sleepwalking is this kind of weird thing. And most of us, you didn't all look around. Some people raised their hands. We got some sleepwalkers in the group, okay? Most of us haven't, most of us probably haven't seen it, but I think it is true that all of us, if we're not careful, are prone to kind of sleepwalk through life, spiritually speaking. That that we get in these ruts and these routines in our spiritual life, and we kind of just go through the motions. Think about your own spiritual life. How many of you park in the same spot most Sundays? Take the same route in, 
Maybe you sit in the same pew or the same area. Maybe you kind of read the same things in the Bible over and over again or your prayer life. There's a way that, spiritually speaking, we can kind of get in these, these ruts and we kind of sleepwalk through life. Have you ever seen that commercial that came out a few years ago? It was about some fast food chain. And the person was eating the same thing for breakfast every day. And he's in this, like, trough walking. And the person is like, hey, when did you get in this rut? He's like, no, 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 I'm in a groove. He's like, no, 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 that's not a groove, that's a rut. And there's a difference, right? We kind of get in the motion of doing the same things over and over again. Sometimes, spiritually speaking, we're sleepwalking. And the season of Advent for us is an opportunity for revival and renewal and to wake up. Growing up, I didn't um, go to a church that had something called the church calendar like we have here. We just had a church calendar that was like, this is when VBS is, this is when the potluck is. That was kind of our church calendar. And when I came to Beeson and I came here, there's this, this bigger church calendar that we're a part of. And really, today is our first day of the new year. I walked into church this morning. I was walking across Hudson Hall, and somebody was like, Happy New Year. And I was like, I'm glad I'm attuned to the church calendar because I know what you're saying. Otherwise, I would have been totally caught off guard and thought, You're crazy, sir. But it is for us an opportunity to to recalibrate ourselves, and it is the new year as it relates to the church calendar, and we start in the season of Advent thinking about Christ's first coming into the world and also his second coming. And this passage that Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 is is such such a powerful passage if we apply it to ourselves. He says this here again in verse 11. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. It's time to wake up from your sleep because salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And one of the problems that you and I have when we get in that way of life where we're kind of sleepwalking through things of faith is that we lose sight of what's truly important and we lose sight of the time that's at hand. And when you only have a little bit of time, it recalibrates what you think is important and what is not important. Imagine if you watched your favorite football team win yesterday and imagine that, you know, like toward the end of the game, if it's a close game, you you make plays and your strategy matches up with how much time is left in the game, correct? Correct. You're trying there at the end to make sure that you win and you make a smart decision. And similarly speaking, that you and I, if we acknowledge that our time is short. And here's the thing. The Bible, for all of us, this is a great point for you to walk away from. No matter how old or how young you are, whatever time God gives you here on earth is relatively short. It's relatively short in the grand scheme of the world. And so he says, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The time is short. We don't have time to kind of sleepwalk through life. It's time for us to wake up and lean into all that God's called us to be. 
And there's at least three things that I think he says we should prioritize as we wake up and focus on who God's called us to be in this season. The first one is to love each other. Did you hear that? Owe no one anything except this debt of love. And then he talks about all of the commandments as it relates to our relationship with each other being summed up in this idea, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I was nervous as I was preparing this sermon this week because I was thinking everybody's going to say, no, wait a minute. You spent all this time on the Ten Commandments. You could have just preached one sermon from Romans chapter 13. But there is this idea that everything as it relates to how you and I live in relationship with each other is summed up in this command to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And this places upon us a higher standard than just going through the motions, doesn't it? Like this whole idea, don't harm your neighbor, don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't steal. There's a way in which that's kind of easy for us to keep by just not doing bad things. But if you place upon me this idea, love your neighbor as you would love yourself, that totally changes your commitment and your relationship with another person. And I think that you and I as a church, it would be amazing for us if in this season of Advent that God gave us a burden and a heart for each other such that, that we loved each other, not in a way that we were content with not doing harm, but we loved each other in the sense that I'm going to treat other people in this fellowship in the same way that I would want to be treated by that person. Love your neighbor even as you love yourself. If we wake up from our slumber, one of the things that will be true of us is that we will, that we will love each other. The second thing that Paul, I think, highlights here is that you and I will pursue holiness in our lives. Listen again to what he says. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality. There, there are all these things that, that Paul says are inappropriate for us if we are followers of Christ. And all those things that he lists, those kind of sins of excess, either sexual sins he lists or, or drunkenness, that if you just kind of pay attention to the world around us, there seems to be somewhat an obsession about those things. So let's say you go home this afternoon and you watch television and you watch football. How many commercials will you see that will somehow relate either to sexual immorality or drunkenness? Probably most of them, if you think about it, somehow relate to those things. And there is a part of us in our fallen state that we go to things like that to satisfy the desires of our heart. And the Lord is calling us to in this season, to remember the love that he has shown for us in Christ and to wake up and to realize that there is no joy, there is no life, there is no fulfillment in those things apart from Christ. And so this, this pursuit of holiness and renewal and revival that the Lord brings. And then the last one, that as we come alive to the Lord and if we wake up from our slumber, he says, not in quarreling, and jealousy. Now, I think we all have our own personal sin ranking system. 
And we're like, all right, what are the really bad sins? We would probably put things like sexual promiscuity or, or getting drunk or sleeping around. We'd probably put those as kind of like top tier level one sins. And then Paul, as I was studying this passage, it just almost whiplashed me. He said, also not in quarreling and jealousy. And he says those kind of in the same breath. And so there is, I think, for us, as we come alive to what God's doing in us in this season, if the Lord were to bring this spiritual renewal and revival in our lives, there would be a greater sense of unity. Less jealousy, less fighting, yes, less disunity, because we would all, I think, have a better sense of what's important. And as we have a better, deeper sense and a shared understanding of what's important, then some things just seem silly in comparison to those things, don't they? Imagine the football illustration again. Imagine like the running back scored the winning touchdown and they run off and the wide receiver is all mad because he didn't get the pass. Like in that moment, we're like, bro, it's not about you. We won the game. And it seems almost silly that you're worried about your spot or how much playing time that you got in comparison to what we accomplished together. And I think churches are often the same way. That if God does this really great work during this season of Advent and we experience a sense of renewal and revival with individually and as a group, that some of the things that we could be tempted to fight about or some of the things that we could be tempted to be jealous about, in the end, in comparison to what God has done in the person of Christ and this belief that he's coming back, allows those things to be seen in their proper perspective. And it'd be silly to waste time in disagreements over certain things when things of eternal importance are before us. I'm really hopeful that in my own heart in the season of Advent that I won't just go through the motions this year. We come to the hanging of the green service. Next week we have the sanctuary choir program. We'll have glorious for you know it. Before you turn around, you know where you're going to be? In the parking lot, hearing the best Baptist preacher voice of all time tell you the Christmas story. Before you turn around, Limitivity will be here and we'll be down there doing that. And if we're not careful, you and I will be so pulled and stretched by a thousand different things that we give ourselves to during this season that we'll miss out on this renewal and revival that I think God would have us give ourselves to more fully during the season of Advent. I think about Mount Mary Baptist Church and what people in the community, if you just walked around and did one of those like man on the street things, what do you think about Mount Mary Baptist Church? have a great daycare. They do that living nativity thing that I can't wait for that has that really awesome old preacher voice on it, right? All these things. But I think, in a way, Mount Mary Baptist is kind of a sleeping giant, so to speak. And if we're not careful, you and I get kind of just in the patterns of religion rather than being alive to the Lord.
And I think if the Lord were pleased to do this work of renewal in us, that, that maybe people would say, man, I don't know, but God's, God's at work doing something significant over there with those people. Look how they love. Look how their priorities are different. And look at this sense of unity and peace that they experience with each other that seems to be supernatural. So that's my prayer and our hope for us this Advent season. I invite you to pray with me. God, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us even now in this letter that Paul wrote to the Romans so many years ago, but it's so pertinent to who we are. And so, Lord, we pray that that in those places in our heart where we're not easily moved anymore, by the stories of Christmas or by the importance of Advent, Lord, we pray that you would do this new work in our hearts in these days. That there would be this sense of renewal and revival that would move us to to value Jesus more deeply and to, to love our neighbor more like we love ourselves and to pursue and know that that joy and fulfillment is found in your will and not outside of your will. And that you would help us um, to experience a, a like-mindedness that would, that would be nothing short of, of supernatural. We love you and we thank you for your love for us. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, Encourage you as you're on your way out to get one of those Advent reading guides and just make scripture reading daily during this season of Advent a discipline that you embrace together and, and pray for yourself as you're reading and pray for others um, as they're reading that God would, would do a great work um, in our lives. We're going to be uh, dismissed a little differently today. Our chapel choir is going to sing um, a concluding song.